Hello again and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be talking about Circle of Three series book four, What the Cards Said by Isabel Bird. I mean, not really by Isabel Bird because as we previously discussed, she's not real. This is the fourth book in the series. It comes straight after book three, Second Sight, which was all about Cooper and her psychic visions of a murdered girl. And this one focuses on Annie, who is the only character so far of the threesome that we haven't had a book from the perspective of because Kate got two books and Cooper got one. And Annie has just got into tarot cards, as the title suggests. And the whole book is mostly about tarot and the meaning behind the cards and Annie's personal journey. Now, I had a bit of a wobble on book three because it veered much more into fantasy instead of magical realism. And that's a trend that sort of continues into this book, but not as much. You can probably read a lot of what happens as magical realism. Annie has a sort of ongoing relationship with the goddess Hecate in this book, and she does physically encounter Hecate at two points during the novel. One of those is sort of left up to your imagination as to whether she did or not, and the other one is much more in-your-face kind of fantasy element. So I kind of got along with this book better than the one before it, but then for other reasons I also disliked it a little bit, so we'll get into that. The general plot of the book is that at their sort of weekly lessons at the witch shop, Annie, Cooper and Kate are getting into various different magical techniques. And the one focused on this book is tarot. Annie is quite successful at the tarot and the book starts off with her doing a sort of tarot reading booth at a school carnival. That was kind of annoying because she's wearing a turban and she's in a little tent that they've set up so she can be like misfortune and it was kind of a bit cultural appropriation-y and very much sort of anti-Romany as well. The book was written quite a while ago but not that long ago so I, I wasn't really okay with that but brushing past that first scene Annie gets embroiled in other readings for people because people came to her for readings at the carnival and thought she was really good. And so she finds herself surrounded by progressively more popular people. She gets invited to parties. People always want her to read the cards for them. And she's enjoying this newfound popularity until things start to go wrong and people start to get annoyed or angry because negative things that have been predicted are coming true and they blame Annie for them. Now, a lot of the things that happen in this book are similar to what happened in the preceding book, because in that Cooper was having visions of the future, visions of a dead girl. And in this, Annie is predicting the future. She's also coming to grips with a relationship with a goddess. In her case, it's Hecate. In the previous book, it was Cooper getting to know Pele. And the ending is sort of the same in that there's a sort of troublesome situation where someone is in trouble and the ladies at the witch shop ask Annie to do a reading to help find out where the person in trouble is and in the previous book Cooper had to have a psychic vision to find out where Annie was because Annie was the one who'd been kidnapped. So they're quite similar it doesn't feel like a straight retread but it does feel like we have been down this path before whereas up until now all the books have had quite different plots there's a subplot where annie thinks that her aunt is going to sell their house and move them all to san francisco so there's quite a lot of angst about her maybe having to leave her friends behind and all the rest of it things with sherry also come to a head if you've read the other books you'll know who sherry is but she's the ringleader of kate's old circle of friends she's popular and kind of a bitch and she's been suspicious of kate and what they're doing and why kate isn't hanging out with her anymore 
And in this book, she's sort of directly confronted by Annie. And this leads to some unpleasant circumstances, but it also gives a little bit of payoff to the build up that's been happening over the last three books, which is quite nice uh, to have Sherry finally get some comeuppance, although I get the feeling we haven't heard the last from her. The general lesson in the book is that tarot cards aren't a game and they're not something that you should use like magic in general. You shouldn't use it to gain favour or to show off to people to impress them. And the reason that Annie's predictions kind of turn sour on her is because one, the people that she's doing readings for are asking her to do readings about things that they don't really need her input on. Uh, one girl asks her to do a reading as to whether she should sleep with her boyfriend or not. Another one asks her to do a reading and she tells her about whether she's going to be a famous model. And she tells her that there's a chance that it could happen. But obviously there's a lot of things that could change that. But the girl doesn't really listen. So they're things that they shouldn't really be asking. And they're things that she shouldn't really be telling them. Because a point is made that sometimes knowing that something could happen would affect your decision. and cause trouble later down the line for example she does a reading for Kate then says that Kate might reunite with an old flame and because Kate takes this literally to mean that this is fate and inescapable she goes off and makes out with Scott her ex-boyfriend and then has to sort of agonize over whether or not to tell Tyler her current boyfriend about it I do like Annie she's probably my favorite character out of the three girls Having said that, I found the book a little bit annoying, mostly because, as I said, it was a slight retread of the third book, but also because Annie doesn't really have a lot going on in her personal life. Kate had the drama with her old friends, her parents not knowing that she's pagan, and Cooper has her animosity with her mother against Wicker. She had a lot of issues related to her grandmother to explore. It feels like there wasn't really a lot for Annie to have going on in her personal life, so they put in the thing about her thinking that her aunt was going to sell their house when she wasn't really. And I think we'd rather have explored some other things to do with Annie, mostly to do with the death of her parents, which is touched on but not really explored in any way. I also got annoyed at the ending because in the third book, Cooper is asked to contact the ghost of the dead girl to find out where Annie is, and that makes a bit of sense I suppose but in this essentially Annie gives a reading she knows to be inaccurate she wants to test if her reading will affect the future if what she tells the person isn't actually the future will they act on the wrong information and cause something different to happen she wants to find out if her telling someone what she sees causes them to create that future for themselves and so if she tells them something different to what the cards have said Will what the card said still come to pass or will it be what she told them would happen? So they're conducting an experiment. Unfortunately, this leads Sasha, the runaway from the second book, to think that she's in danger from someone in her past. And so she runs away again. So they ask Annie, can she please do a reading to find out what's happening with Sasha? Because they found her note saying she's going to run away. And Annie does a reading that says Sasha's going to run away. So they decide to go and check the bus station. So the reading is kind of pointless. There's no point in having it in the story because she just tells them what they already know in that Sasha has run away and left a note and she confirms this with a reading. She isn't able to pinpoint Sasha's location because that's not really how tarot cards work. I don't really understand the point of having that there. There are some quite nice things in the book. The covenant they do guest rituals and things with invites them to do a sort of tarot walk. 
So one by one, they go into the forest wearing a fool's hat. The idea being that the fool is going on a journey through the major arcana of cards and they wander through the woods, each taking different paths, and they meet members of the coven who are dressed as different characters from the major arcana, so like the empress, the hierophant, the lovers, the hanged man, death, all the rest of it. And they go through and they're given advice and sort of ask questions and have conversations with these people in the character of the cards. And I remember reading this book and thinking that, that sounds like a great idea and that I'd love to do that. Uh, so it was nice to read that again. At present, I'm still waiting for books five and six to arrive. Annoyingly, book seven has arrived out of order with the rest. So that's a bit of a ball ache. But I am still interested in reading on in the series, although I am starting to remember more clearly why I gave up reading them. I liked the first book so much because it had quite a lot to do with magic. It had a lot of them practicing spells. And now it feels like they're not really doing any practice of their own it seems to be they're only going to witch classes and studying things there and the things that they do outside of that are happening by accident like Annie getting bullied almost into doing tarot readings for people and Cooper having these involuntary visions they're not really practicing anything on, under their own steam they're not having circles together and rituals together as the three of them which I miss from the first book and they also don't seem to be really practicing any spells which I think feel like they would be being teenagers and they know a bit more about witchcraft and magic now they've covered it in classes which they've been going to for a number of months and it just seems that it makes very little sense that they're not practicing together at home but we'll see what happens i also started to realize during this book that it's set in canada not america because they do refer to things as crisps instead of chips and at one point annie is learning something for history which is the queens of england and I generally didn't realise that it was set in Canada, but it makes sense that it is because th there is that kind of toy Canadian feeling to it. I want to read you just a little snippet from page 34, which is about tarot and interpreting tarot cards. I myself use tarot occasionally. I don't use it as much now as I used to. Um, I think that's mainly because I have trouble reading them for myself and I don't tend to do readings for other people. Apparently it is quite difficult to read for yourself, obviously because interpreting your own life when you're inside of it is a little bit difficult. Also because I find it really hard to remember all the meanings of all the cards, so I'm constantly consulting the book. And lately I've been trying to get into intuitive readings, where you just look at the images and try and work them out for yourself. And I thought this was quite interesting and applied to that. This is an exercise that they did at the Wicked class, where they all had to pick a card and basically look at it and see how it related to them and their journey and where they were going. Annie has drawn the moon card at this point which relates to her connection to Hecate who's a goddess associated with the moon, both the new moon and the full moon. What does this have to do with me? Annie asked. You'll have to figure that out on your own, Archer answered. That's the whole point of this kind of reading. What I would like each of you to do is meditate on the card you've chosen during the coming week. Think about how it applies to the journey you're on. See what it means to you personally. Annie began to open the guidebook that went with her tarot deck. She wanted to see what definition it gave for the moon card. Try not to rely on your guidebooks, Archer said, seeing what she was doing. One of the most important things to remember about the tarot is that the cards don't always mean one set thing. They're simply suggestions. Your job as a tarot reader is to understand what they mean to you and how each one fits in with the others. 
if you try to do readings using rigid meanings, you're not going to get good results. I find that quite interesting because one, as a young witch, I was always being told to meditate on things. It was sort of the regular refrain and it became kind of a joke in our little circle of teenage witches that everyone's advice for everything would be go meditate on it in the same way that when you would get hurt at school it was put a wet paper towel on it but also that tarot cards are something that you have to interpret yourself and it goes to everything else as well sort of tables of correspondence that they're going to mean different things to different people and the things that you read in books and things are obviously centered around what the author thinks but also on what is commonly held to be true which is fine, that's the consensus, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be right for you. I liked that they did this whole book centred on tarot cards and about the tarot and it's bringing in another tool and another kind of activity that the girls can do. But at the same time, I do wish that they were practising more to do with witchcraft and we were seeing more of them as a group of themselves, of their own peers, of their own age, as opposed to them participating in things which are being choreographed and decided by older Wiccans because I think that I mean my experience and the experience of probably a lot of other people will be solitary practice as teenagers and while it is nice to read about them having access to this pagan community that I didn't have access to and that a lot of other people don't either it would be nice to see them practicing together themselves and discovering things for themselves instead of being taught mostly by these people and having the occasional experience outside of that which is still interpreted for them by the teachers that they know from the witch shop so i'm excited to get into the next book which is in the dreaming should it ever arrive from where it has been ordered from and after that i will probably be into the books that i've never read before so it'll be interesting to see where this series goes off to from there I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, you can get in touch on Twitter at WitchFix and by Gmail, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. You can recommend anything you'd like me to take a look at, anything that you've heard in previous episodes that you'd like to comment on. That's fine too. Please remember you can also donate to my Patreon, which is WitchFix, and there's a link to that in the description box. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.